in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the top 10, I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nose. This is a show that we do for our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. They send in whatever questions, topics they'd like us to talk about, and we just read them and answer them as they come in. And John, I believe it's your turn to start. Okay, let me jump off here. Tim Williams sending in a uh, email for us. He says, G'day, blokes. How's your New Year's resolution going? Holy shit, dog. We're in... Uh, what? What are you fucking talking about? Fellas, I'm sorry, but I can't get into Mad Max Fury Road. I know it's fantastic and a masterpiece for everyone, but I just think it's fine. Trust me, I want to love it, but I just don't. So, blokes, uh, what are some movies or franchises that, you, that, that are beloved, but you just can't get on board with like everyone else? Thanks, fellas, and look after yourselves. Hooroo! timothy r williams all right matt what are some movies or franchises that are beloved but you just can't get on board with like everyone else please say bad i guess wearing a batman shirt yeah no no uh i i can't uh co-sign that per se some of the batman uh you know fair enough uh, they sure. branch off from there sure <laughs> i still love the franchise as a whole um I mean, beloved is a very specific word. The first thing that came to mind when franchises was the Fast and the Furious. I just don't, I do not understand what the appeal is. Like I literally, a lot of times it's just like, yeah, it's not for me, but I, I get why people gravitate towards it. Yeah. And from what I've seen of that, like the acting is bad. The storytelling is dog shit. The, the, I mean, the threads that tie through make no sense. I have no connection to any of these fucking people. Yeah. I mean, Vin Diesel being the linchpin of this, I think should be the red flag for everybody, but somehow <laughs> it's not like if this were the rock, it'd be like, okay, well I get it because he's a likable guy. Right. Situation. And I'm not saying Vin is unlikable, but he's nowhere near charismatic. Yeah. Uh, so the Fast and Furious is the first thing. So sell me on it. What what am I missing about it other than it's just pure escapism? Well, yeah, that's what it is. It's pure escapism, and I'm in. I'm not a car guy, but the cars in the in the films, it they're fun to watch. They excite me. So I, I don't buy the magazines. I never looked up, but you know, know what engine is in what. I don't know any of that shit. Yeah. But I love the look of the cars in every film, and so that excites me. Uh, and I enjoy the casting of this. I enjoy how far out there they go with it um you know because i mean the first film is them about uh, stealing radios out of cars or some shit and then you know by film nine it's international intrigue and he's falling out of planes and so it's just madness how deep and how far they've stretched this uh um whole uh franchise out and you know the rock coming in was a great injection of new blood into the franchise starts out with this this idea of families like i know it's family but this connection between paul walker and Vin diesel that seemed pretty authentic and so yeah you've got to turn your eye away sometimes at some of the acting or some of the cheesy lines that they say to each other 
Um, but overall, there's a joy and an understanding that they're not trying to make anything too important. They're having fun making it. They're not trying to make a statement about society. They're just having fun with this shit and uh, have a good multicultural cast. Uh, one of the rare franchises that from the beginning had a good multicultural cast. Uh, and I enjoy that for sure. And the different, and we do get to get exposed to different uh, approaches to the car culture from those particular perspectives, which I think is really essential as well. And, and they've grown to have an international crew of people now being a part of it, which I think is a lot of fun. And that last one, when they essentially brought in every single element that has been before, including Tokyo Drift and these other installments and people from those other installments to be a part of this whole massive story, I thought was really fascinating. Plus bringing in Kirk Douglas, which is so awesome to be a part of this thing as well, was a nice little uh, surprise when you get into this. So for me, it's about that. It's about the fact you can go have some fun. They, these people genuinely have decent chemistry with each other or to good chemistry with each other. And the stories themselves are insane and bonkers. But they're they're always doing it with tongue firmly planted in their cheek. They never take themselves too seriously. God, I find that hard to believe because Vin is nothing except taking himself very seriously. Yeah, but I think Vin is. I think how can I say this? I think Vin acts the role like he's taking himself seriously. But there is so much ludicrous shit that happens throughout the movies that he's necessary to be like this tent pole. So all this fucking madness can happen out from the tent pole. Sure. And I think that's essential. Um, like it's, yeah, it's like a storm, but there's this one steel pole in the middle of the storm that isn't going to be moved. And it's so necessary for that franchise to work. Yeah. He's the eye of the storm where yes. nothing is happening. That, yeah. that sums up Vin's everything's happening around him. And it's just like, well, it's pretty calm and yeah, nothing going on right here. That sounds about right. <laughs> multicultural cast what ethnicity is vin i've never known that yeah i don't i don't know if i've explored that it's a good question you know i know he's olive skin but i think he's you think he's italian i don't think he's latino so you know i think that's where he originates from and of course if people have a better idea of it please clarify because i haven't googled him or th looked I'm up his doing ethnicity. it now okay all right um but yeah i mean initially of course even paul walker but you had uh, michelle rodriguez Jordana Brewster is Latina. So and I think he's playing a Latino guy or it's understood that he's playing a Latino guy in this, in this role, even though he may not be full Latino or any Latino really. Um, but yeah. And then you get Ludacris coming in, you've got Tyrese coming in in the second installment. So you've always had this. And then we would go into uh, Tokyo drift there in Japan. So we have Japanese actors coming in to be a part of it. So it's always expanded and Gal Gadot is Egyptian. And then, um, Chris Hemsworth's wife, Elsa Pataki, who's Brazilian. So you've got a great cast of people who mm -hmm. walk through the doors uh, of uh, Fast and Furious that's uh, multicultural, and it's great to see. Yeah. So. Um, well, so you know. According to Vin, yeah. his ethnicity is, he likes to refer to it as ambiguous. <laughs> that's what works for him. But then on Wikipedia, yeah. it says... His mom is of English, German, and Scottish roots. Okay. And he's got an adoptive father, but that's not his... Interesting. Genetic. It, he's never met his biological father. Yeah. Um, And that all he knows is his mother... From his mother is that he's got connections to many different cultures. Okay. So I, okay. I, I guess his interpretation of being ethnically ambiguous or culturally ambiguous makes a lot of sense just because maybe yeah. you know doesn't know who his biological father is yeah. so uh 
of English, German, and Scottish. So he's got those three. Yeah, 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 yeah. What beyond that? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never thought about it. And it's just, it is a very diverse cast. Yeah. That's what keeps me coming back. I, I like the diverse cast. Uh, and, you know, it, it's good. And again, they all act. No, but it's enough that I can enjoy, you know, turning my brain off and having some fun with these. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason you don't see any of these people in anything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Good point. Uh, every Other once and again. Shows. Yeah. 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 Like I like Ludacris. He's he's all right. Sure. Sure. Uh, and then after that, like the rest of the central cast, I. You'd have to tell me there was it Jordana Brewster. Yeah, Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, well, Michelle Rodriguez can do one thing. Yes, she can look tough very well. That's yeah. That yeah. Is, that's about the extent of it. Yeah, uh, that's all you're going to get. She is. She, yeah, right. Exactly. And um, Tyrese, I don't think is a good actor. Nah, Tyrese is a marginal actor for sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Gal Gadot though, went off to become Wonder Woman. So, but there's still people who feel like that was a one-off movie and that she hasn't really been good ever since you know red corner was terrible she was not that good in it wonder woman 1984 i think kind of strained at times to show i I don't blame her for wonder woman 84 that movie was just an absolute dumpster fire yeah yeah just didn't make any sense whatsoever good in that either yeah that's a good point yeah Um, but i don't blame i don't blame her either it's mm. The story is what made no sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like that that homeless guy is going to freeze to death, and then literally two <laughs> days later in the story, it's the 4th of July. Just like, yeah. so which is it? <laughs> I don't fucking understand. You've lost me. Um, I, I think, it, you know, I, I, people know about my thoughts on Lord of the Rings, so I'll leave that alone. But, like, for me, I've, I've recently come to the Jurassic Park and the Back to the Future franchises. I think... For me, uh, look, Jurassic Park, there's only been one good movie, in my opinion. Correct. And and the other films are range from okay to terrible. And, yep. you know, god-awful, maybe. even. And so yeah. I don't understand how there's any kind of uh, sanctimonious or condescending judgment of other franchises when you love the Jurassic Park franchise. It just makes no fucking sense where you think you have some kind of high ground in this conversation because those films are god-awful for the most part in my opinion and there's no magic to them after the first film at all not really and yeah it's good the dinosaurs are essentially the cars in fast and furious the actors are you know for the most part you know the, the 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 acting that they do in these films is not that great. Are they fantastic? Yes, Goldblum is great. Sam Neill's fantastic. Laura Dern is certainly an incredible actress. Uh, Rachel uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is good. Chris Pratt can be good. So we've seen that happen, but for the most part, the stories are ridiculous. The situations they get into make no sense. The the judgment of some of these uh, um, uh, people in these movies make no logical sense. So. There's so much about these films that don't carry magic. And I do not understand why people worship at the altar of these movies. I mean, World Dominion just crossed a billion dollars. Why is that movie making a billion dollars is beyond me. Um, And so, you know, for someone who's defended Transformers films for so long, it makes me laugh to hear the Jurassic Park people think that somehow they're defending the better franchise, um, which makes no sense, you know. 
I don't, there's, Bumblebee is the only one that comes close to the first Jurassic Park. Oh, Transformers. Right, right, right. I think the rest of the Transformers world is the equivalent of Fallen Kingdom, which is the worst. (laughs) 90% of the rest of Transformers is as good as Fallen Kingdom. How dare you? At least, at least there are some interesting moments in some of the other Jurassic Parks. But yeah, I agree. The series yeah. as a whole is is pretty terrible. Yeah. That last film was god-awful. Oof. Why are we focusing like, on locusts? Yeah, people are like, oh, Michael Crichton would totally put locusts as a subplot. Now, get the sure, we he have, might, but he'd make it work much better than your film did. Dude, I, you've already introduced the idea that we exist alongside of dinosaurs, and they're a part of our everyday lives, and we're just yeah. like, nah, we're not going to deal with that. Instead... <laughs> We're going to say a big evil corporation like a Monsanto is creating genetically modified crops that will get destroyed by fucking, you know, bugs from two million years ago. It is so stupid. So stupid. Why are we (laughs) focusing on locusts? You've already introduced a really interesting concept and you're glossing right over it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was. Yeah. That movie's not good. Yeah, and I have to go. I have to go and say the Back to the Future stuff. I, I look. I like the first movie, but I don't catch myself going back to watch two and three, ever. Ah, oh, three's a lot of fun. Come on, I, I just don't. And look, I'm the outlaw. I love westerns, but for some reason, three is so cheeseball at times that it doesn't 100 percent work for me. I don't buy the Mary Steenburgen Christopher Lloyd romance in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and there are a couple of funny moments, uh, you know, the Clint Eastwood moment and all of that. But like, for me overall, it, it it just that whole franchise, aside from the first movie, it just doesn't. I don't find them, and even the first movie, I don't go, "Oh my god, I got to put on Back to the Future." Or if I, or if I'm flipping channels and it comes on, I don't go, "Oh, I got to watch Back to the Future." You know, it it doesn't have that same allure for me. And I'm not coming in from a critical place. I think it, they're all arguably the first, at least one and three are good movies, and the. Second one, you can debate whether you like it or not. But like overall, I just don't have the same feeling of magic in those films that probably 90% of the people who watch films do. I can appreciate them, but I don't feel drawn to them like other I'll be honest with you. I've probably seen Secret of My Success more than I've seen Back to the Future if we're talking Michael J. Fox films. I've probably seen that film more because I just like that film. I mean, much. look, I've, I've seen that film a decent number of times secret of my success saw it in the theater when I was a little kid enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, It's been a long time since I've seen it just because back to the future plays more consistently. It does. You're right. It does. Logically. So people love it more. Yeah. Inevitably you just can't escape it. Right. Uh, But yeah, I think outside of the second one, one and three, three is just a a boatload of fun. One is an incredible premise uh, executed pretty flawlessly. Mm -hmm. And uh, two, you know, meh. <laughs> don't know if I need to see that again. And then three brings it on home, takes it back to fun. It's not as good as the first one, but it's still yeah. fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're repeating the same shit that you saw in Back to the Future. That's every franchise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is. Uh, you're telling me Transformers isn't a repeat of the yeah, same premise. Transformers isn't over and trying over. to be held in the same place as back to the future back to the future was initially just made to be like a fun movie and then it ended up taking on this huge status Mm -hmm. but i think ultimately it was you know 
fun, fun, fun was the order of the day. It's kind of like Star Wars with Lucas saying, this was always meant for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as much as we grew up with it and then transitioned to adults, we don't want it for kids anymore. But he's not wrong. He made it, you know, to some degree for kids. Yeah. So if it still has that element in it, then it's staying true to his original idea. I've always believed that's a bit of a cop out quote from him to, to shield him from criticism, but you're not. But obviously, clearly, then the Flash Gordon serials and all of those stuff from the 1940s and 50s, when him and Spielberg were kids, that certainly influenced him, them creating yeah. Star Wars. So you understand that there is a truth, an element of truth to what he's saying. But well, in no way did he not try to make this so adults could also see it as well. You wouldn't cast. Yes. But sci fi, you know sci-fi at that time was geared towards kids and teens it wasn't yes. something made yeah, for right. adults to draw them in to be some huge hit or something no, else. You're, right. you're right yeah you're making that you know well we're doing this for teenagers and shit mm-hmm. and then it just ended up being a cultural phenomenon and now sci-fi can be made for all spectrum of individuals well yeah there were you know like day the earth stood still or war of the worlds there were sci-fi films that were a little more darker but yes, yeah, for the most part, it most was like, of them were Buck Rogers level yeah, disposable right. type of stuff where it's just right. like, Forbidden yeah, this is entertainment planet, for kids. Things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And eventually, yeah, yeah. something like uh, Planet of the Apes. Well, more for adults. Yes. Much more for adults. Sort of. Yeah. But social commentary was good. social. Yeah. And segregation and yeah, all of that. you know, racial inequality and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which sci fi does really well. Yes, uh, it does. Yes, it does. Um, are there any other franchises for you, or should we move on to our next question? Uh, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Good question, though. Thank you, yeah. Tim. Thanks, Tim. Um, and, you know, before we jump into that next question, why don't we take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsor? All right. Go away. I just like to throw in a little thing to make it easier to find the spot, maybe. All right. What uh, do we got here, Matt? What's our question? All right. Our next question comes from charles clark and he says hey. hello matt and john thought i'd take a week off for the, from the brackets and ask a regular question at the time of this writing i'm about to attend a backyard brawl where my west virginia mountaineers take on the pittsburgh panthers oh yeah it's probably the rivalry i care about the most hmm. i was wondering what rivalry gets you the most amped up for a game and which ones may have done so in the past. As a Colts fan, those games against the Patriots got my blood boiling. Oh, yeah. As always, I hope you guys are doing well. Chuck Clark, hashtag, <laughs> let's go Mountaineers. How about them ears, baby? Yeah. So what rivalries get you most amped, man? Well, certainly – like growing up, the Redskins Cowboys rivalry, there was nothing like it because I mean, my dad was a Skins uh, Cowboys fan. I was a Skins fan, so you know, for a few years there, my father was kicking my ass uh, on the field there with his Cowboys, um, and then Joe Gibbs showed up, and all of a sudden, we were able to get victories against those guys after that NFC Championship game and everything like that, and then. Jimmy Johnson showed up and he went back to the Cowboys dominating us. And so it's always been fun. The rivalry doesn't carry anywhere near the magic it did in the past. And it's Dallas week this week. And every year for the last, I mean, every week for the last few years where it's been Dallas week 
has been muted as fuck because we haven't been good for a very, very long time. Not consistently good for a very, very long time. Do we sneak out wins every once in a while? Sure, but it doesn't have the same magic. For me now, it's Liverpool versus Manchester City. That's the one that irks the shit out of me, gets me emotional. I mean, Lindley can barely be in the room with me when I'm watching when we play Manchester City because I really think they're a bunch of crybaby bitches who fall all over the place and they're overpaid jerks. Uh, and they're, and Pep Guardiola is a whiny little bitch as well to the refs all the time. The fact that they have oil money and it's a bit nefarious, the owners of Manchester City and the stuff they've done. So for me, I feel like we're the underdogs fighting against the massive juggernaut with our, you know, with our our uh, payroll that's not nowhere near Manchester City's payroll. The the pockets that our owners have don't have they're not nowhere near as big as Manchester City. So there's always a frustration with them because we always seem to lose out the title except for one year by like a point or three points to them. I mean, we'd have won the league three or four times by now under Klopp if it hadn't been for Manchester City and their ability to you know, bring in $500 million players per position and what have you. I'm exaggerating, but people get what I mean. So for me, that's the rivalry now that consumes me when I'm watching those games. And there's no such thing as a fucking friendly against those guys. I don't believe in it, you know? So what about you? Um, look, I mean, I, I feel your pain as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> oh my God. Our, oh my God. Our rivalry with, with Tottenham <laughs> and man, you, I'm very glad both, you got the name right. <laughs> what the Hotspurs? Come on. You're talking to a guy that watches all the Premier League. It's the Spurs. Of it's not about Spur singular, and then the Spurs plural. Yeah, well, I I say it as a derogatory term. Oh, fair point. I apologize. You're I right. hybridize the two to denigrate each individually, collectively. Does that make sense? Yes, it does absolutely. In my mind. Yeah, it does in my absolutely. mind. She, I mean, makes my blood boil. Both of them. There are some others in there as well, but those are the two big ones, uh, you know, for me as an Arsenal fan. Sure. Let's get to a real rivalry for you. What about the Bears? How dare you? Come on. Come on. Yeah. Bears Packers. I don't. That's the only game on the schedule that I want to win. Do you still I don't care. hate the Packers? Do you still? Oh, like, I, like, I will always hate the Packers. Week? Okay. I will always hate the Packers. Okay. Okay. And it's because in my lifetime, they have pretty much kicked our ass. Yeah, every year, and and even is, Aaron Rodgers last year, Matt saying he owns you guys. Oh my god, it sucks because he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I wish, I wish they were like uh, the Cardinals because I don't follow baseball anymore, but yeah. I still hate the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will always hate the Cardinals and the fact that they're leading the division and going to make the playoffs again. Yeah. So I'm sure they're being smug pricks once again. Like Packer fans, for the most part, that I've met, they're nice. Yeah. I've never really met a shitty Packer fan. It just sucks that they own us. And uh, what are you going to do? Whereas Cardinal fans, they're just, uh, we play baseball the right way. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. No one likes you. At least the Packers, I get it. Plus, they have this, the backstory of the fans own the team. Yes. Right. And the, you know, the, the, socialist collectivization yeah. of a capitalist enterprise. How dare you? But we actually, you know, as a general populace really enjoy that angle. Yeah. Um, 
and also kind of hamstrings them because they don't go out in free agency because they don't want to spend money. Yeah. Still make a champion though. Uh, every once and again. Um, so yeah, they have the good guy elements. Whereas uh, in basketball, there's no real specific rivalry for the bulls anymore. The, the Pistons when I was a kid, right. But since then, it's just basically whoever is the biggest team. There's yeah. not a specific, oh, every year we circle this date because yeah, yeah. we got to beat them. It's like, no, you know, it was the Cavs when they had LeBron. Now he's gone. Yeah. And it's Giannis with the Bucks, uh, just because they're in our, you know, division. Or uh, yeah. Also, the Cavs are looking interesting again. So it could be the Cavs oh, as well. God. And the Pistons are on the come up. Uh yeah, now Lonzo is not going to be in for a while, so oh. I don't know what we're going to be. Defensively, we're not going to be as good, which means we're not going to be good. Interview, man. Yeah, man, I feel so bad for him. Even if he wasn't a bull, just yeah. a just an athlete in general, like going through that, can't do anything, can't run, can't jump, doesn't. No doctor can figure out what exactly is wrong. That's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Especially with the, all three brothers now in the league. Officially, yeah, Leangelo is a hornet, so it's just like, oh, that'd be great when they played him. They get a picture of all three in yeah. uni and stuff. Hopefully, he's back by then, make that happen. Uh, but yeah, nothing for the Bulls specifically, but Bears, it's the Packers. Yeah, there's nothing for the Wizards on my side. Um, but I will say the two other ones I guess I'd forgotten about Florida, Florida State as a Florida State Seminole. I don't care when we play Florida. All I want to do is destroy Florida. Like I, I even sometimes uh, every week I will check if Florida's getting their ass kicked. Um, I love that Kentucky game uh, a couple weeks ago. So for me, I I'm always cheering against Florida. I'm never happy when Florida wins or anything like that. A year, a few years ago, because um, I lost a bet, I had to wear a Florida Gator shirt during a a fucking uh, game, and it felt like my skin was burning off my my uh, body, and so it was. Just so I just do not like the Florida Gators at all. I think they're a bunch of arrogant pricks and we are the state college. We do it. You know, we're from the, you know, the other side of the tracks. We're the hard, you know, the, the, the people that, uh, uh, if people didn't, if they can't, they count out, you know, we're not the rich kids, uh, rich, uh, rich people's kids. So I like that rivalry, uh, in that manner. And I think the difference with the skins and the Seminoles or the commanders, I guess now in the Seminoles is, like, I hate the owner of the commanders, right? There's no owner of Florida State. So for me, I can always cheer for Florida State against Florida. For me, cheering for my commanders against Dallas is almost cheering for Dan Snyder. And I fucking hate that prick. So if we ever sell the team to a better person, I think then I'll be back on board in cheering the commanders against the Cowboys, no matter what our records are, um, because I'll feel good about cheering for the team again. Do I still cheer for the team every week? Of course, but I don't have anywhere near that kind of passionate cheering for the team that I did in years past because of Snyder and then the nefarious shit he's pulled over the years. Nice. He's an unsavory human being from scumbag. Yeah, he's seems a scumbag. like absolute scumbag. By all accounts and everything that's come out, seems pretty scummy. Yeah. Hopefully, so, if yeah. and when you guys get a new owner, they they change the name <laughs> again. Yeah. Anything's better than the commanders. Yeah, I hate that name, man. I, I it know sucks. it sucks. I know. You know. It, it's like the generic name on the knockoff NFL Nintendo game where they have Yeah. It's like an Oliver Stone any given Sunday name. Yeah, it's Miami it's just, Sharks. Yeah, oh, fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, the the Washington Revolution 
for the Revolutionary <laughs> War. I like that. We're playing the Revolution this week. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Play a little Prince every every game. Yeah, I mean, with the Capitals, they're really – I mean, in the past, there were certainly rivalries with the, the Flyers, with Hextall, that son of a bitch, and then the Devils but the De- and the Penguins. The Penguins is really the big rivalry because of Lemieux. And then after Lemieux, Crosby. Oh, it was it was the worst. It was like being, it was like playing Favre and then fucking Rogers shows up, or uh, mm-hmm. Peyton and then fucking Andrew Luck shows up. You're like, God damn it, can we get a break? You know. And so uh, we were always going out to the Penguins in the playoffs. It was so frustrating, man. Um, I hated them to pieces. I, I mean, still, I'll never respect Sidney Crosby or Mario Lemieux because of that. Uh, and when Yager came and played for us and just took our money, like like Deion Sanders did when he came to play for the Skins for a year, just took our money and left, basically robbed us and played crap like crap during the time he was here, it it left even a bigger taste in my mouth of disgust for the Penguins. So, um, yeah, but it's I don't is there any- as if Yager was like some spy that infiltrated, <laughs> just steal a bunch of their cap, buddy. Yeah, I didn't say it was logical. <laughs> I'm just saying as a sports fan. I just said, oh, yeah, the Red Sox. Fuck, how can I forget the Red Sox? As a Yankees fan, of course. I didn't hate the Red Sox till they beat us uh, uh, when we were up 3-0. Yeah, because you could little brother them. Yes, the whole oh, time. aren't you guys oh. cute? The way, now, I mean, even, even watching it in the documentary that they did on Derek Jeter and on ESPN Plus, even that whole episode, um, Lindley came in and she was like, what's wrong with your face? And I had this look on my face because... I fucking hate that we lost to that fucking team and the players on that team. Even though Johnny Damon came and played for us, I hated him on that team. I hated Poppy. I hated Manny. I hated all those motherfuckers on that team um, because they had the gall to think they could take us out. And then they did. And the way they did it, it made up for every single time that we had beaten them in the playoffs in the past. So it was so much anger towards that that fucking B on that red B on their helmet, man. So. Mm. I gotta calm down. I hope Roxy doesn't hear this. Roxy gets so adamant about her teams. Um, all right. Well, anyway, we're at thirty minutes. Anything more to say on this one, uh, Matt? Or should we wrap it up? No, I think uh, I think that was a good one. Great, okay. great uh, question, Charles. Um, Charles. That was sent to us a little while back. So hopefully, them ears yeah. won. I don't follow college football anymore, so uh, I do not know if they beat the Panthers. But I'm pulling yeah, for know. you as yeah. a guy that lived in West Virginia. It was always have a soft spot for WVU. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we've got, uh, you know, it's, keep sending in your questions, thoughts, and comments. We're starting to run out a little bit again. So please send in all your thoughts. You know, we're about to enter into the fall movie season. And of course, we've got some great TV shows that are happening. So send in your questions, thoughts, and comments about everything that's going on in the world. You know, we're always open to talk about any subject. So anything's going on, life events you want some advice from us uh, of course uh, you know we're we don't uh, we're not psychologists or psychiatrists but get any life questions you want to ask us or anything going on in your world you want to get our two cents on we're always open for it uh, uh, you just got to be a patron a patron and you'll see the email there uh, for you to send your questions in um matt what else do we have to tell them uh follow the show on twitter at top 10 show all spelled out and on instagram and youtube it's forward slash the top 10 pod pardon me, the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So please hit us up and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. You can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and Instagram. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of topic. Thunder. Thunder.